0: Amid escalating tension with Russia, US President Donald Trump announced his government was suspending its obligations under the Intermediate-Range Nuclear Forces Treaty earlier this month, prompting Russia to follow suit in a tit-for-tat move. This almost looks like triggering an arms race, doesn't it? And imagine that at the same time as strenuous denuclearization talks with North Korea doesn't exactly offer credibility... From the US perspective, Professor Tom Sauer, who specializes in international security with a focus on arms control at the University of Antwerp in Belgium, joins us on the line from there. Thank you for taking the time. Hello. Can you briefly walk us through, though, what exactly the INF is? It's not the only nuclear treaty in the world. How important is this agreement? Yeah,
1: The INF Treaty... This stands for the Intermediate-Range Nuclear Forces Treaty, and this is a bilateral arms control treaty between the United States and the Soviet Union, uh, concluded in 1987, so before the end of the Cold War, and it negotiated the so-called intermediate-range missiles, and these are the missiles with a range between 500 and 5,500 kilometers, both ballistic missiles and cruise missiles. But only those based on land, so uh, sea-lounge cruise missiles or uh, airline cruise missiles, uh, were still allowed. And It was the first and last time that a whole weapons category was abolished by an arms control treaty. 2,700 missiles in total were eliminated. And uh, the treaty also included a substantial verification regime. So every year, American inspectors went to the Soviet Union, later on Russia, to verify the dismantlement of these weapon systems, and vice versa. Now, uh, interestingly, the treaty dealt uh, with the so-called Euro-missiles at the SS-20s in the Soviet Union and the Tomahawks and the Pershings on uh, the American side in Europe. And these were the... Um, missiles against uh, which a lot of people protested in the beginning of the 80s in Europe. But Europe was absent when the INF Treaty was negotiated. And and now again, Europe is absent in the current discussion about INF. So it's Trump, who unilaterally, President Trump uh, from the United States, who unilaterally threw this INF Treaty in the dustbin, and Russia that immediately followed.
0: The, the risk here is potentially great to either country, potentially. If, if you search, as I've just done on Google, distance Russia to USA, you might find a distance given of 8,881 kilometres. But there are actually points where their territories are, are less than four kilometres apart. So is this treaty about threatening each other?
1: No, no, no. This treaty um, is about the Euro-missiles, as I uh, told you. eh? Um, These are not, it's not meant for the intercontinental missiles, eh? the so-called strategic nuclear weapons. For that, we have another treaty, that's the New START treaty, but um, the, the possibility exists that if the INF treaty is gone, then the next treaty on strategic nuclear weapons, New START, also will uh, expire in 21 and will not be extended in 2021. And if that happens, then uh, it will be the first time since the 1960s that there would be no nuclear arms control treaty into force and that all nuclear armed states are free to build up their nuclear weapons arsenals without any constraint. And this is, according to me, a recipe for more instability, more uh, opportunities for miscalculation and eventually the possible use of nuclear weapons, either mm. in an authorized, unauthorized, or
0: accidental way. I, and I, I totally appreciate the Europe focus of this, but I just wanted to check, though, whether, in theory, an intermediate-range missile being developed could threaten elsewhere in the world. Because obviously, that the, as I just outlined, that, that distance can be subjective or it can move depending on where you're where you're looking from Mm -hmm. Um, let's also talk about the arms race side of this Are, are you seeing evidence that the arms race has already begun we get a lot of focus in western media outlets on on russian missile tests for example
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, on both sides, uh, the accusations uh, run high. Uh, Not only the Americans are accusing Russia of violating the INF Treaty, uh, apparently uh, the Russians have tested and even deployed uh, missiles with a range that is not allowed under the INF Treaty, but uh, Russia, vice versa, is also accusing the West, especially uh, NATO and, and the Americans in particular, that the missile defense system, deployed in Eastern Europe, uh, in Poland, and in the future also in Romania, that these launches can be used also for offensive reasons, uh, with a range uh, under the uh, INF Treaty. So there's no trust between these two countries. And, of course, behind all this is, of course, a political relationship that's very bad for the moment uh, between Russia uh, on the one hand and the United States on the, on the other and And arms control is a kind of thermometer yeah? um, and and I believe that uh, it's clearly in the rats for the moment
0: we're going to return to this issue of the arms race in a moment with our, with our next guest, but I just want to ken uh, from a global perspective ask you your view on the argument that has been put forward. The real reason behind the U.S. decision is not so much about Russia, but Washington's concern over China's build-up of intermediate-range missiles in the Western Pacific. What's your view on that?
1: Personally, I I, I do not agree. I mean, uh, first, if if China is the real problem, then uh, Russia's violations are irrelevant. And, 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 And the United States is accusing Russia. Secondly, China's buildup of nuclear weapons and delivery vehicles is relatively modest, and China is a much smaller player uh, than the two former superpowers, the United States and Russia. They have gathered 90% of all nuclear weapons on Earth, still 6,000, 7,000 each, while China only possesses a couple of hundreds of nuclear weapons. Thirdly and lastly, uh, the United States cannot use land-based intermediate-range nuclear forces Um, except if placed on Guam, the island Guam, or except if if they would be installed on the territory of South Korea um, or Japan, which is, I think, very unlikely. Uh, In addition, the United States has already sea-based intermediate-range missiles in the area. So I have the feeling that Russia, but especially the United States, uses this argument um, about China to legitimize their withdrawal from the INF Treaty. And the main reason uh, that's behind this move by the United States is that the United States wants a foreign policy that is not constrained by international treaties, by international organizations. It's, it's John Bolton, the U.S. National Security Advisor, that's behind this, uh, this removal.
0: Professor Sauer from the University of Antwerp, thank you very much for joining us. You're welcome. And continuing on with Daryl Kimball, Executive Director of the Arms Control Association, for further discussion. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. The analysis that I've also seen of this is that this treaty was in serious trouble, not just in recent years, but for many years. You you could go back to the early 2000s, certainly back in 2014 when the Obama administration concluded that uh, Russia was already well in violation of its obligations under the INF Treaty. Does that suggest this treaty is now almost dead and buried from a U.S.-Russian perspective rather than just suspended?
2: Well, I think it is highly unlikely that the United States and the Russian governments are going to take the steps that could save the treaty that could bring Russia back into compliance with the intermediate nuclear range forces treaty Uh, the Obama administration uh, brought this to the attention of the Russians uh, the US concerns about the uh, the testing of the 9M729 that brought it up in 2014 but the Obama administration uh, did not uh, provide the information that would have made the case clearer. The Russians denied that they violated the treaty. Um, At this point, I think the Trump administration and Putin's Kremlin are more interested in trying to blame the other for the demise of the treaty than they are in solving it. And so um, as much as I regret to say it, the Treaty is very likely going to be terminated on August second, and you know we we believe it is very important for uh, European governments uh, as well as the U.S. and Russia to really begin thinking uh, about uh, how to prevent a new Euro missile race that would destabilize uh, the security situation in Europe um, before Russia deploys more uh, INF missiles and before the United States tries, and I think it will, to convince Europe to accept some U.S. ground-based uh, intermediate-range missiles.
0: And again, you know, there is this Europe focus, but we in this part of the world would be equally concerned about how this is going to filter on, even into U.S. discussions with North Korea over denuclearization.
2: Well, you're right. I mean, the the INF Treaty, we got to remember, the INF Treaty was built to deal with... Uh, a very unique and dangerous situation that emerged in the late 70s and 80s in Europe with the deployment of these nuclear-armed intermediate-range missiles. It worked very well. It destroyed 2,692 missiles uh, between 1988 and 1991. It was not designed to deal with the uh, missile proliferation problem in East Asia or in South Asia uh... we can't as some have suggested simply take the INF treaty and try to add china to the list of uh... signatories that's not going to work um... So it, it is if the treaty is terminated it will lead to discussions and maybe some proposals from some quarters in the u.s. for the pursuit of ground-launched intermediate range uh, ballistic missiles and cruise missiles To counter China. Uh, The question is, where would those go? There are very few places I can think of that would readily accept U.S. ground-launched missiles that would become targets for Chinese missiles in the conflict. Uh, It is also not militarily useful or necessary for the United States to put ground-launched missiles uh, in Asia when we already have very Formidable air and sea launch systems to uh, to to hold at risk any targets in China that the U.S. military wants to. So it will open the door to that kind of discussion. I think uh, the governments in you know Tokyo and Seoul elsewhere need to be prepared for this, uh, and they uh, uh, should uh, be active uh, in describing and uh, their concerns about. Uh, what U.S. missile deployments in Asia would do to upset the, the regional security situations.
0: I mean, it's, it's just the scale of the U.S. and Russia, the reach they have across the world into Asia and Europe on the other side that, that makes this a hugely global concern. You, you talked about the possibility of an arms race before almost being inevitable. What what happens in the worst case scenario? Do you think are there still checks and balances to make sure that that there's at least some containment there?
2: Well, I don't think a euro missile race is inevitable. The door is open if the INF treaty is terminated in in August, which I think it will. Um, so let me just describe what could happen in a worst case scenario. Right. President Putin in recent days has said that if the U.S. deploys Ground based uh, intermediate range missiles in Europe, he will respond in kind. He said he will uh, begin work to modify sea based caliber cruise missiles for ground launch. Uh, Russia could also deploy more of their non compliant 9M729 ground launch cruise missiles uh, in ways that threaten Europe. The Russians also have a three stage missile called the RS 26 that could be modified to be a two-stage missile for intermediate uh, range. The U.S., for its part, is already engaged in some research and development on INF-prohibited missiles. I think we're going to see the Trump administration try to accelerate that R&D work this year. Um, They could modify uh, the Tomahawk uh, air and and sea-launched cruise missile for ground launch. There's a short-range Army missile system that could be modified to extend the range. And then the U.S. would have to find a willing host in Europe, uh, perhaps Poland, uh, to uh, be the, the site. Uh, now, the Trump administration says, we have no plans to deploy nuclear missiles in Europe. Well, these are not nuclear missiles per se, but they could be nuclear capable. And that, From a Russian much, perspective... It's well, this potential... Uh,
0: That's so concerning. I'm so sorry to interrupt because we are out of time. Daryl Kimball from the Arms Control Association. Thank you.
2: Thank you very much.